About the time Jesus was to be born, his parents, Joseph and Mary, had to travel to Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown, to take part in a census. It was ordered by Caesar Augustus, emperor of Rome, when Quirinius was governor in Judea. Mary was just about to give birth. Mary and Joseph found an inn in crowded Bethlehem. Hello, innkeeper? Hurry, Joseph. Can I help you? My wife and I would like a place to stay. She is about to give birth. Heavens, my inn is not a good place for that sort of thing. Room. Many people would be in that room all at the same time. Privacy was non-existent. Hurry, Joseph. You will need your privacy. I can take you to a cave where we will keep our animals. You will be safe, and those animals will not stare at you. With the animals? Now, Joseph. We'll take him. Come along. And so the savior of the world was born in the first century AD equivalent of a stable. Since the animals had finished eating, Mary and Joseph put Jesus in the manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and watched over by his parents, Jesus was warm and safe. Mary was very tired but very happy. And Joseph too. 
In that same region, shepherds were tired too. They watched over their sheep as the night wore on. We suspect they may have been bored. Whenever their jobs were exciting, that meant something bad was happening. Don't be afraid now. I have good news for you and everyone. A savior has been born in David's hometown. Christ the Lord. He's all wrapped up in a manger there. No, you're not. Get a hold of yourselves. Once the shepherds realized they were going to survive the night, they became much more positive about everything. I'm for going into Bethlehem and seeing this baby firsthand. I'm not so sure. We all smell like sheep, you know. Let's go anyway. Maybe the newborn king likes the smell of sheep. The shepherds spread the news about what they'd seen all through Judea, and some people believed them. The shepherds were never quite the same people again. Meanwhile, back east, magi, persons of wisdom, saw a star in the heavens. They packed up and headed west after the star with some of their valuable local products as gifts.
When the Magi arrived in Jerusalem and started asking around about their newborn king, the whole city went crazy. King Herod kept his cool and found out from his scholars that Bethlehem was to be the predicted place in the scripture for this holy but inconvenient birth. Herod spoke to the Magi. Of course I want to pay my respects to the infant king. When you find him, come and tell me. I will so worship him. Hey, have I ever lied to you before? Assured they were on the right track, the Magi followed the star to Bethlehem. Well, we're in Bethlehem, but finding the exact place for Jesus... Oh, sorry. We're, uh, the exact place is proving to be difficult. Perhaps these shepherds can help us. I'll ask. Hello, good shepherds. We are trying to find the location of the baby who has been born king of the Jews. Well, you're running a bit late, but you're still in time. You'll find him in the town a couple of doors down from the inn. Just knock on the door, and his parents will let you in. You know, they're very friendly that way. The Magi brought out their gifts for the Christ child. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. They were very happy that their journey had ended so well. The Magi were warned in a dream that King Herod meant to harm the baby Jesus, so they returned to their homeland by a different way. Joseph was likewise warned about Herod in a dream of his own. Mary, I have had the most terrible dream. We are all in danger. We must leave here as soon as possible. Joseph, where can we go? Nowhere is... And Judah, Judea is safe from Herod. We must go to Egypt. So Joseph took Jesus and his mother Mary and fled to Egypt to hide out until the coast was clear. Before long, the soldiers of Herod would be on their way, but they would be unsuccessful.
what a great story. It's full of wonder. It's full of danger. It's full of mystery. It's full of movement. What a great story. And through the ages, we've been telling the story over and over again to give us hope and purpose, direction for our lives. The story is full of intriguing people, Herod, and ordinary people like uh, sheep just trying to do their jobs one particular night. The story is full of Quirinius, the governor, political people, the emperor Augustus, and it also includes Mary and Joseph, very ordinary people from ordinary life. And it's all about what God is doing. The story makes an impression on us. We find encouragement for our lives. We, we find a place in the story, perhaps. One of these characters is similar to our story. And it's about God breaking in and God speaking gospel news to us. Unto you a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. It's for all people. It's for the hope of the world. It's for peace and promise always. The story generates energy and hope for all of us. So we enact it and we tell it and we sing about it and we keep trying to digest it. A powerful story for our lives. It was in 1223 that St. Francis of Assisi was the first person to reenact this story. He gathered live animals and real people and he did it because he thought that the story had become simply iconic. In pre-Renaissance paintings, it was depicted in such a way when it seemed like a far-off story. Not about real people, not about real life, your life, my life, the world's life. So St. Francis gathered real people to play the role of Mary and Joseph and real animals and other people in the story. And people came from all around, from miles, to watch the depiction of this event. He wanted to be sure that people got the message. The Lord of the universe was born in a very vulnerable situation, a manger in a stable. The God of the whole universe became weak and vulnerable because that's the message. God is amidst us in our weakness, in our worst moments bringing about life and hope and reminding us that nothing can separate us from God's love. That was the message of the story, and it's for all people, and it's the message for us tonight. When we're weak and vulnerable, our God comes. You might also remember something else that St. Francis gave to the world. It's the prayer that has been recited over and over by generations that goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, help me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. And the prayer continues, for it is in giving that we receive. And it is in pardoning that we're pardoned. And it is in dying that we find eternal life. The coming of God in the manger is not just a story. It's meant to change us. It's meant to change how we live and, and what we do. 
And you know what? We're in a world with lots of meanness. And we're called to be people of kindness. We live in a world of lots of horror and suffering. And we're called to be people of hope and purpose. We're in a world of vengeance and animosity. And we're called to be about love. The story of the manger intends to change us. And we have a lot of work to do as Christmas people. Let us hear the story again tonight and be moved to new ways of loving and serving God. Let us hear the story tonight and be moved to new levels of kindness and peace and purpose that relates to God and relates to this story. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen.